Today in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, in your Week in IndyCar guest episode, we have one of our favorites, one of your favorites, Iron Man, Man of the People, Indy 500 winner, IndyCar champion. Uh, what else can I say that might just make you feel good and sexy about yourself? A man with a fine wife, amazing children, a pretty good friend there in the driver's seat in Benito Santos. What else can we throw in here? Um guy who's just part of our life in IndyCar, that would be Tony Kanon. How are you, my man? That was a nice intro. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, need to, I need to do more of your podcast so you can make my head bigger. Six foot four, <laughs> long flowing <laughs> yeah, right. mane of hair, smallest. Okay, you, said, you said a bunch of true things, now you're lying. So uh, it, it always happens. I, uh, I just got back from the dentist, so I, there might be some, some laughing gas in my system. I'm still not sure here. Well, as usual, Tony, we have uh, some great questions for you. Uh, our fine friends at torontomotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, Cooper Tires, and the Justice Brothers are the ones that help make this show possible. But our listeners are indeed are the number one uh, group that facilitate this for us with their questions. So why don't we just get rocking and rolling? Uh, hey, there's a pretty topical thing to discuss that scared a lot of people, and that was a crash during the Bahrain Formula One race. I know that you commented on it a bit um, on social media about Romain Grishon's fiery, holy cow type accident. Uh, I got a question here from uh, Sam Bashisen who says, uh, what do you think, Tony? Uh, It's amazing how quickly he got out and had the uh, aid of uh, the medical team. Uh, Do you think you need, you and other drivers need to practice more escape routes in the event of something similar on your own with the aero screen uh, and also wonders is as a mindset does it feel more comfortable driving with the halo and aero screen in front of you or do you not even think about it anymore um you know we we practice that quite a bit indycar has a rule that you have a a 15 second window to get out of the car and you need to get out and they clock us and that's something that we do quite often. So we're pretty well trained about that. Uh, and I think, to be honest, even uh, when the adrenaline kicks and you need to get out, you're going to get out. Um, and I know eight seconds you know, is the goal that they uh, they really were, were trying to speed things up and get that moving forward. Um, correct. Yeah. Correct. Because obviously... They say the known max under fire, it's kind of like, I think, at 12 seconds that can hold or 15 or whatever. I don't know the exact numbers, but to answer the question, we, we do train about that. Um, of course, there's always room for improvement, which IndyCar has been, in my opinion, the pioneer of safety in many, many items that we're all using nowadays. You know, you can you can go from, you know, the software, the, you know, the windscreen, the Hunt's device. I mean, you name it, right? So um, I, I, there's always room for improvement. I mean, I, I, I can get out of my car pretty fast. So, I'm, uh, As far as the halo and the windscreen, you don't even realize it's there anymore. I think it's now it's, it's part of it. So I expressed my feelings on social media the other day with some critics that kept saying the IndyCar didn't look as good, the Formula One, this and that, and uh, it was answered uh, this past weekend. So 
we should all put this to bed and, and move on. But no, when you're driving the IndyCar, you can't. I, I don't even notice that it's there apart from uh, from the heat. Yeah, well, that uh, you're doing your Ironman training while racing an IndyCar, right? You're getting your body used to those high temps to right. uh, overcome. So see, um, great purpose there. You know, we got, uh, I mentioned when we call for questions, I was trying to come up with some sort of hashtag of, you know, like they do with celebrity marriages where they try and put their names to, together. I didn't come up with a very good one. I came up with hashtag Kanonson, right? Kanon and Johnson, <laughs> Kanonson. Um, but my friend, uh, our friend Roger Warwick, who does all the great cartoons, he came up with uh, Tony Canoval. Huh? <laughs> Right, I think we. I think he's going to be doing a new T-shirt for you here soon. So. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our pal Rishi Deshpande. He says, "Hey Tony, congrats on the uh, forty-eight car deal." He says, "I know a lot of people outside the paddock thought you were uh, a shoe in for this one, but it sounds like it wasn't as simple as as maybe some some expected." Asked if you could walk us through how uh, you helped make this deal happen, and how does it feel to reunite with Chip and CGR? I mean, we got to give uh, a lot of love and props to NTT Data on this, right? They're uh, they are official Tony Kanon fans and supporters. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have enough time for me to tell you the whole story in this podcast, but I'll I'll try to make it short. But started with a phone call from Jimmy uh, four five months ago, and then went really quiet because if you guys think about how complicated it is to put just a, a normal deal in the car together, let alone two guys driving the same car without a team, because at the time we didn't have a team with different sponsors, trying to get the funding to actually go to a team. Uh, I mean, it was like, I said, when he called, I said, Jimmy, just forget it, man. It's not going to happen. I mean, it will happen for you, but we can't, how can we do this? How can we make everybody happy? How can we, and then we start, working on it. And then, like I said, it died. Then I was talking to Larry. Uh, I was going to probably, you know, reach a deal with Larry to do the four ovals again on the third car. And Jimmy signs with chip. And then it's like, well, there is no way, you know, I've been there before. There's no hard feelings there at all, but I, it's, it, it was a hard ass to come back. And, you know, I've had my time there and, 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 and then all of a sudden in, in one week, the deal got done in like three days. Like I got a call and Chip was like, you're the right guy. I want, you know, I want to win the 500 and I want to have as many possibilities to win the 500 with all my cars as possible. Now you see Roger, you see Andretti, you see some of those guys. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I was extremely excited. They've been a sponsor of Chips for eight years. They've been my sponsor for that long too, a person on the personal side since I left. Uh, Bryant uh, came along and I mean it was just a big effort but it was still very complicated to try to to make all the pieces of the puzzle work and plus you talk about all these sponsors wanting to come back but you only have four ovals how are you going to fit all of them in a car um, you know 7-Eleven's back big machines back you're like man I need more races um, but yeah that's how it worked I'm extremely excited to come back to CGR. I mean, that is no question that they are one of the best teams in NICAR. I mean, they just won the championship again. Um, you know, a team with much bigger resources for many reasons than some of the other teams that I raced 
in the past, especially with Larry. I mean, we, we were struggled so much that uh, I'm pumped. I mean, it's an opportunity that I didn't expect at this point of my career. Uh, and then we start talking about, you know, okay, all right, I'll do this. I'll do one more year. We'll call the TK last, last lap or whatever, the white flag, whatever you want to call. <laughs> and then Jimmy's like, no, no. And then Chip is like, no, it needs to be a multi-year. I said, what do you mean a multi-year? I don't want to be Mario or AJ driving this thing when I'm 60 years old. And then, uh, you know, they said, all right, Jimmy's like, I can't, I can't do this for just a year, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, whatever, let's do it. So... I'm really pumped, uh, Marshall. I, I again, I feel extremely fortunate. I re- I always said that we mentioned that before, you know how far along I came and and, and I'm still around. So I guess uh, I I'm a very lucky person. You know, one of the things I, I uh, think of is how you told me when you signed to go to Ganassi, you said, of course I've known Dixon. I don't know Dixon, you know, we're not like best buddies. And, you know, so this is a relationship on top of this opportunity to drive for Ganassi. Here I am going to drive with a guy who's known to be one of the best of his generation, but you know, we don't have like a real close relationship to start off. And you guys are like brothers. Uh, I mean, of the many things that make you happy, I'm guessing being able to go back and drive with someone who you become so close with, uh, in addition to this Johnson guy who you're friends with, like there's this Frank Heady dude who keeps hanging around there. Uh, th- this is family, but also work. Uh, that's the thing I love most for you. I mean, I'll, you know, there are things that happen in my career that I, I, I still sometimes I can't believe, right? Like look at, the 500 that I won with Zanardi there, with Poppy's there, the way that thing went, with Jimmy being my team owner. Um, and then you go, well, nothing can top that. And then teammates that I had to make friends with that became friends for a lifetime. And now I, I'm coming back and I have two of my best friends on the team. And now I team up with a legend of motorsports. I mean, a guy that made history and racing and I get to share a car and all of a sudden it's this four group of guys they're a lot older than some of the kids uh and we're getting to enjoy this I mean I I it's 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 definitely gonna have to go in a book or be a movie a documentary at some point because it's uh it's it's unheard of I've never heard anything like that and and I'm glad that I have the opportunity to do it can we go ahead and confirm at this early stage, having seen what you and Dixie and Dario did when uh, Sage Karam was a rookie in the team, can we commit at this early stage that your boy Jimmy Johnson and Alex Pillow, also new to the team, they're not going to get through the season unscathed, right? There's going to be a couple of good pranks you guys work up because they can't come in and just have it totally easy as rookies. 100% yes. A hundred percent. So uh, we're masterminding a couple things. And, uh, <laughs> I love stay it. Stay tuned. I love it. Uh, you know, there was a pretty cool announcement today too, and uh, this is just pulls on the heartstrings at home a little bit, knowing uh, with my wife's military background. I just thought it was really cool to see, Tony, that uh, the American Legion, which I wasn't aware that they had a longstanding relationship with, uh, with Jimmy and NASCAR, but 
Uh, the American Legion is going to be a pretty significant part of the number 48 car this year and uh, when you're in it as well. So tell me about that because, you know, it's not as if the Ganassi team isn't fully supportive of uh, American military, but this might be one of the strongest connections it has uh, in a new partner. Oh, 100%. Um, that came straight from the team, and I guess uh, they saw the opportunity for us to promote even more to help the veterans and, and you know, make people aware of, you know, what other people can do for them. Like, you know, at the end of the day, they were the ones that, um, you know, defend our country and, and, and went to battle for us. So it, it was awesome when they told me because they actually they kept it secret for myself, too. They wouldn't tell me what, you know, what because they said, we are we cannot. Some of your, you know, entity and Bryant and 7-Eleven, some of those guys cannot have the Texas race and cannot have the 500. I said, okay, well, who's going to be? Oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And then uh, two days before, two days ago, they sent me the script to actually do the, the video promoting the thing. So I think it's awesome. I think it's, a, it's an investment on their part that, you know, we're going to get, I know Jimmy donated, I donated. I think they're benefiting from it right away. Uh, and it's something that we can make it grow uh, because they're supporting us. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Not like you said, not that we didn't support before. So it's just uh, it's for a great cause and hopefully we'll raise them a lot of money. Man, this is too much heartstring pulling it's gonna explode here if we're not careful uh ed davis is looking for a uh, follow-up question here from a few years back very important congrats to you tony ed says on the new contract have you taken dixie and jimmy johnson to taco bell yet to celebrate not yet not yet dixon has been in a, out of the country for a while and then uh jimmy also was taking a vacation but well we're definitely gonna have to do that I think Jimmy might be more of a Del Taco guy, you know, being Southern California. That's kind of the culture down there. Um, let's stay with this Johnson guy. Dan Gallagher asked Tony, what was the first question you uh, recall Jimmy asking you about driving an Indy car? How strong his neck had to be. <laughs> and I said, uh, just take, take a look at my neck and that probably answers the question. You're the only IndyCar driver who's the, the your neck is, is actually bigger than your waist. Uh, so no, I don't have one. They say that my head goes straight to my shoulder. I don't have a neck. Another, this is a, might be my favorite question of the episode. Uh, this is from Nathan DeRover. Hey, Nathan. He says, Tony, we all understand that you have volumes of information to teach Jimmy Johnson about IndyCar. He says, but I'm sure it's a two-way street. Is there anything you hope to learn from him bringing all these years of oval experience uh, with new eyes to IndyCar? Well, 100%. I mean, you know, I think him having the experience that he had and how good he is in the ovals, I think I have so much to learn. I mean, there are different cars, but there are things that for sure I'm going to pick up his brain. I mean, and look how lucky I am and how lucky he is, right? I have... Dario there and Jimmy and Jimmy will have me and Dario when when he's racing apart from Scott and Palou and, and, and Marcus. I mean, it's trust me, the same amount of questions he's asking me, I'm asking him. That is so awesome. 
Uh, where should we go from here? Justin Holmes asks, Tony, how will you be communicating with and helping the 48 team when you aren't in the car on the ovals? I know this time last year when you were on the show, you said, hey, I'm doing my last lap and I'm planning on doing a lot of things. This is before COVID hit, but you know, you plan to do some TV stuff and you know, there are a lot of things that you wanted to do and we're going to do throughout the year. Curious if you've been able to figure out, are you going to be at every race or uh, are you, what do you think you might be doing uh, when you're not driving the 48? Well, there's many things happening right now. Uh, I announced that I'm doing the SRX, Tony Stewart Series, uh, which is six races in the summer. So I will be missing a couple of the IndyCar races. Um, I was supposed to do the Indy Lights broadcast this year. Yeah. Uh, which it didn't happen, so that might happen again. So that brings me to uh, another few IndyCar races. Um, I'm planning to be in as many races as I can be. I think Jimmy really needs me. He has Dario there to teach him everything. He's the best in the business, but I will try definitely to be to be there as much as I can. I mean, Chip does have a new Cadillac in the building, a new Cadillac DPI. I seem to recall. Some Canon guy pretty much lighting the world on fire in P2 cars plus a DP. So maybe we got to give Chip a little nudge that you need some seat time there too, maybe. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, line, uh, there's Scott there. There's, you know, a bunch of, of guys, but knowing Chip, I mean, if he needs me, I know he's going to call and he knows I'm available for him anytime. So uh, I'll be more than happy to do it. Got a question here from Howard Bennett, big fan of the uh, AJ Foyt team. Was curious if you could just share some thoughts about your time driving for AJ. Says, obviously, he's a a legend. Uh, It's a team that everybody wants to see do better. Uh, Curious if you uh, you had any thoughts on if they're pointed in the right direction and might get back to, uh, you know, some of their former glory, knowing that uh, Sebastian Bourdais at least is the first announced full-time driver there. But... Uh, curious if you can share some thoughts about your time with AJ and where they might be heading. I mean, they are definitely a family team. I mean, there's not been a team that I've been that is more of like worry about your well-being and you know and, and everything. I mean, it's you know a lot of the times uh, a relationship between a driver and a team is just very professional, right? You're there to do a job. You're there to win races, and that's what you get paid for. There, I mean, I felt like they're, they're family. And uh, I had a great time outside the track. Uh, very disappointed that I couldn't raise the team to a level that everybody expected to. I think um, there are many factors that attribute to that, which I don't think I. it's not very ethical for me to get details. I think they are heading to the right direction. At least they're trying to. They definitely hire one of the best drivers I've known in, in IndyCar and, and probably in motorsports. So hopefully that will bring, you know, it's like every relationship, right? We spend a few years there and everybody starts to get frustrated because the results are not coming. So you probably think, you know what, it might be time for a change. And then it, it doesn't mean that, you know, people need to get fired or people need to leave, but I think it's healthy for all of us to, change scenarios sometimes you know we do that in our personal lives i mean obviously in our marriages we have to try to innovate because we don't want to leave our spouses or they don't want to leave us but it's it's really like 
it's a relationship, and I think I wish them the best. I mean, Bordet showed an extremely, extremely high potential in St. Pete. Um, knowing Sebastian the way we both know, I know he's going to be in people's butt the entire day to make that team better, a lot more than I was. If people think I was a pain, you wait until Bordet. Oh, oh. <laughs> No, we're yeah. we're trying to get like you know anti-depression medication for AJ and the team. So they're oh, we're working on it. So I I, I believe it. I believe that they uh, they they hired the right guy. Now I believe that when they hired me three four years ago too. So I just hope uh, they can find their way. No, but you can see, and and there's not blowing smoke, but you can see where you honestly helped set the foundation, and the team hired you because they weren't. You know, they, they're, when you have a team that isn't performing and no one is upset about it, you know, you're in trouble. That hasn't been the case. There's no one there who's been happy at not winning. And so, no, you- and, 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 and Marshall, honestly, uh, it, we're still good friends. I mean, uh, we, there was no hard feelings. There was no pointing fingers at, the, at each other, nothing. We failed. We failed together. But we fail trying to improve. That's what people sometimes don't understand. We do not have the budget that, that, that the teams that we're racing against have. Uh, nowadays, racing is not the way it used to be 10 years ago, that you can have a team with half of the budget and you still do half of this, half decent. The competition is much higher. Everybody's getting a lot better. A lot of people don't understand. And, 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 and it's not an excuse. It's a fact. I mean, some people will understand and support us. Some people will criticize us. Some people will say the team doesn't belong in IndyCar. Some people will say Tony Kanan is old, he should retire. And, and, and it's just, they are all entitled to opinions. But nobody it's, was in there to know what we went through. You know, losing ABC, having AJ. I mean, we have to do what we have to do. And that, obviously, we didn't do a good job. And that is the fact. I mean, neither myself neither my engineer Eric Calton that was there, neither Larry providing what we needed to provide. I mean, all of it, Harner, everybody, everybody is responsible for it. Now, what I appreciate of them is we sat down. I mean, obviously, I had a better opportunity to explain it to them that sometimes in racing, well, most of the times in racing, you have to make a selfish decision. But in another hand, they made a decision too because they had a budget. Larry came to me and says, look, I know you're towards the end of your career. I need to think about the longevity of this team. I have a full budget for a car, and I'm going to hire Sebastian. And I totally understood that. I was never mad. I was never, like, trying to, you know, to say otherwise. I understood the situation. So, there, you know, it, it was no, no hard feelings there. So I, I just hope that people understand that it's just, it's just business at the end of the day. Uh, we're all trying to do better, and, and they, they, they went one direction, and I went another one. I mean, it's not like Bourdais 30 years old, though, right? I mean, we got to no, keep No, but he's not 45. Uh, he's not 45. Uh, you know, look, he's got the number four in his uh, age, so we're he's not going to. He's there. He's there. All right, we're not going to let that old fart off the hook anytime soon here. Uh, he'll be 42 in February, right? All right, we got to give Larry a, a hard time here. Like, what? End of my career. You, what are you? Anyways, um, got a fun question here from our friend Shauna Oakwood. She always sends in great stuff. She says, Tony, congratulations. He says, you're sharing a ride with one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Your good friend Dario went there. Um 
the the question that she asked that I really like is what are your thoughts on crossing series like your new teammate is doing? And I'm not asking you to make excuses for Jimmy, but as a, our listeners have probably heard me say 20 times, I look forward to Jimmy's second season more than I do his first because he has so much to learn that it's going to take a year to hell visit most of the tracks for the first time, et cetera, et cetera. Share with folks as a driver who's done multiple disciplines, what is it like? Uh, what do you think it's like? And what appreciation do you have for Jimmy coming to do radically different type of racing uh, in his mid-40s? I love the cross, the crossing series. I think uh, that used to happen a lot more often in the past, and then that went away for a while. And then if you think about it, it only went one way lately. It was only IndyCar guys going to NASCAR and, and having a really hard time there, to be honest. Um, I think we need to praise how brave Jimmy Johnson is. A guy that has won as much as he did and put himself in a position that could be extremely difficult. I mean, nobody, he knows it. I, we know it. The fans know it. You just said, she just said it. Um, and to say, you know what? I don't care. I think I can do this. And I want to do this because I enjoy doing this. The guy deserves all the credits because a lot of people have big enough egos that will never put themselves in that position because if it goes right, well, it's Jimmy Johnson. What do you expect? But if it goes wrong, you get hammered. And that's a guy that doesn't really think like that. I don't think he cares. He's doing because he loves to race. He's doing because he believes he can do well. And and he knows it's going to be hard. Uh, for the first time, I think we have for the first time in a long time, well, I would say at least in, since I've been in America, we have somebody going the other way for a full time, full time, uh, and, and, and show the people how much it's going to take for him to adjust because it will, it will take time. I mean, obviously he has the best team, the best teammates, the best coach. And I think that's going to speed up a lot of things for him, but there is no question that he needs, he needs time. Let's transition to a couple of questions that are all about you and one of your great passions. Uh, Nick Vance asked Tony, how many miles do you ride on an average per week? Uh, Nick says, I'm getting my legs back under me after a recent injury, but plan to join you for a Zwift ride soon. Says, you're a beast. So uh, do you even count anymore? Or is it just oh, like yeah, I can yeah. no longer feel my oh, legs? I'll stop. If you don't, if you don't count, it, doesn't, it didn't happen. So Ooh. you have to count. Uh, I would say depending on the week, but now the heavy week between, I would say, 300 miles, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least 50 a day. So, yeah. So, three to 500 miles. I think this is my ignorance. I don't know if Firestone makes road uh, cycling tires, but I'm guessing you have some sort of tire sponsorship because you'd be burning through compounds. No, they, they actually don't, unfortunately, but also... Living in Indy, Marshall, I'm doing, and, and, and plus COVID, um, I had to do a lot of training inside on Zwift, which is this simulator for bikes, yeah, yeah. if people don't know. And uh, the feeling of pedaling this much and going nowhere 
it's actually not fun. Not as fun as uh, riding outside. You've just described my entire career. Pedaling like hell, getting nowhere. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, Dr. Ed uh, Potkanowitz, who I uh, haven't seen Ed for a good while, but he did some fun uh, racing studies a couple years ago at Petit Le Mans where he had uh, Ricky and Jordan Taylor swallow some little uh I believe I don't remember if it was Wi-Fi or RFID uh little pills basically that measured uh internal core temperature and a lot of other things that uh they retrieved later so uh Ed says uh being someone who pays great attention to their fitness Tony can you comment on any changes you've made to your training to help with the hotter cockpit temperatures associated with the aero screen. Yeah, um, a lot of indoor training on the heat with a heater on, no fan, and doing a lot of uh, a pit fit. We we go, we do a, like a, a session workout. In between sets, we sit in a sauna for 15 minutes, come out, do another session, go back into the sauna for 15 minutes to try to get acclimated. So... We had to. We had to change. I mean, it's it's bloody hot inside that car right now. We're trying to find better solutions, but it's the right way to be. And it, you know, obviously, everything that comes, you know, it comes with a compromise. So right now, uh, the heat is a factor for sure. Last couple here for you, Tony. Let's go to Mac Leitcher, who says, Tony, if IndyCar approached you and asked you to help design the next generation car, what are the biggest things you'd push for? He says, and what aspects of the current car would you maybe ask them to change when it comes time to do this new chassis? Um, well, well, that's a tricky question. That was a good one. Trying to get you um, in trouble here. No, I would keep every single safety measurements that we did, uh, I would keep it. I would try to make it that we would have a little bit more cooling uh, for the drivers. I would like to improve the looks, but I mean, I'm an old timer. I would go back and uh, to the Lola 2002 and just copy that car, downforce everything, just everything, everything about that car. More horsepower, which all, all I'm saying is not a secret. They're all going to happen. Um, but yeah. I would say, you know, more more horsepower, more downforce, uh, a little bit more cooling, and the safety aspects, I mean, to keep all of them. That's pretty much it. All right. Why don't we take two more questions? One is from Steve Grinstead. He says, Tony, what's the one thing you are most looking forward to once COVID is gone? Honestly, uh, you know me, Marshall, and then my fans, I mean, to hang around people, be able to hug people, be able to shake people's hands. I mean, that's just, there are things that you don't realize because I'm always being a hugger. I'm always being, you know me. Yes. We were, you know, Brazilians were like that. So, I mean, it's so freaking awkward right now when you meet someone, you don't know what to do. Do you give him an elbow? Do you do you give him a, a, a nod? I mean, do you say hi from a distance? I, I it's the most awkward thing ever. So, I'm looking forward to that. I'm probably we're gonna do a giant group hug 
when this all uh, first autograph session that we allowed, I think I'm just going to get in and between oh. everybody there and just freaking go nuts. I love that. And I, I'm in total agreement uh, in 2019 on top of everything we normally do at the racetrack, we did 12 live podcasts, right? And it's all right. fan, you know, right? And uh, after the show, we invite all either everyone to come up to the stage. You've been there for it and sign autographs and pose for photos or go. It's just, it's kind of a, a community gathering. And of the things that I miss, it's the same. On top of seeing all of my friends and colleagues on pit lane and everything else, like the fact that we can't get together with just everybody, the folks in the grandstands, the the drivers, you name it, and just like be in love with the sport together up close to, you know, and and in that community, uh, I'm with you. That's the thing I miss most and can't wait to uh, get back to that. Well, why don't we uh, close the show with a question from our friend Trip Hazard from the UK. says, Tony, outside of your Indy 500 win, if you could relive one race from your career, which would it be? Sam Pete. Uh, it was not a win. I know people probably would expect me to say a win, but Sam Pete, when we, the four of us, me, Dan, Dario, and Brian, finished one, two, three, four. Mm. Um, that was, that's probably after the 500, the best day of my life in racing. That's one of those things where you ask yourself afterwards, should I retire? Because I don't know if it's going to get better than this. It might all be disappointments in downhill. Well, uh, I, got- I, I asked I asked that question, and I went and I won the, the Indy 500. I said, should I do that? Should I retire? <laughs> and I'm still here. <laughs> awesome. Tony, thank you uh, for making some time here in the drive back from uh, Ohio. Apologize to our listeners for any little dropouts, but, you know, uh, we're doing our best with the, uh, the means that we have. Thanks to Benny and thanks to the Ganassi team for uh, – making all this happen and to our partners at torontomotorsports.com bell racing helmets usa cooper tires and the awesome justice brothers hope everything goes well for you the rest of the drive thanks brother appreciate it uh i hope to see you soon